You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today is an exciting day because it marks the beginning of the next three weeks. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be diving into style development. Um, We've been on a bi-weekly schedule, but if you haven't noticed, today is kind of a bonus episode. We're going to do three back-to-back weekly episodes just to really get into this topic. So why style development? Of all the things that I could have chosen to do a bunch of episodes about. Well, for one, it's my favorite thing to talk about. Um, I know we tend to call it style development or like finding your style, finding your voice. But for me, it really comes down to work development. That's just not as catchy. (laughs) Um, And I think artists are used to thinking about it in terms of their style. Usually when we're talking about style, we're talking about creating something unique and recognizable, something that we might consistently work in. But again, style to me just alludes to the surface level. And I think in order to have something consistent and recognizable and unique, it needs to go much deeper than the aesthetic. And we're going to talk a lot more about that. Um, But just for the sake of calling this something that everybody recognizes, I'm going to refer to it as style development. I really love this topic for many reasons, but two main reasons. The first one being, I think this is just kind of the essence of what we're doing, right? Like when we're talking about making art, um, style development and like what we're going to make next and how that connects to what we've made in the past and just simply what we want to be creating and how we also want it to look like that's such the essence of, of what we're doing, right? Um, so it's funny that this isn't like the central focus of literally everything, um, That being said, I've put a lot of effort into cultivating my own style and my work over the years. It's something I've asked a lot of questions about, um, mainly because there was a time when I felt really without my own style. I think that's really common when we're first starting out. You know, we're just trying to learn our materials. But then there comes a point when we look around and we're like, hey, everybody's making something that is really them. I can really recognize that it's theirs. It seems to be meaningful. It seems to be cohesive. How do I create that for myself? And that question was particularly pivotal for me because I really went through a long period where I felt like my work wasn't entirely my own. And I was very stressed out about how to get from A to B. And so I've learned a lot along the way. And now that I feel kind of through the other side, I mean, it's really a never ending process, um, but I definitely at this point feel like my work is my own, like I, there's meaning behind it. um, I know how to create consistency. And now that I have that, it's such a better feeling. Like I feel much more capable of leaping out into my next big thing. I feel much more confident. I feel ready to take on certain kinds of projects. It's It's been so important in terms of just my career as an artist and just being an artist in general, whether it's your career or not. Okay, the second reason I'm so passionate about style development is that, and I've definitely said this on the show before, but if somebody was to ask me, how do I sell more work? How do I grow my audience? How do I 
Like, what's the number one thing I can do to push myself forward in terms of art as a career or job? And like, yes, you have to learn the marketing, you have to do the newsletter, pricing, contracts, like all that is important. But the most important thing is your work. And in my own personal experience, there is absolutely no replacement for that. Nothing is going to bring you more collectors, more jobs, more opportunities, more growth than the work itself. Like, I just don't know how to say that any other way. I actually do think there's people out there who maybe kind of want to sell you otherwise. (laughs) Like they want to convince you that it's your marketing strategy or your like Instagram content tactics. And like all of that's important, but it should just be supporting the central thing. And the central thing is your work. Okay, so on this topic of style development, before we actually get into today's episode and like specific aspect of developing our style, I do have a big announcement, and that's that my workshop series called Unique is open for enrollment today if you're listening in real time. This is the only thing I'll be teaching in all of 2021. In fact, I haven't ran any courses or workshops since I taught this one at the same time last year. I just haven't had the time, um, but I've really missed teaching and connecting with you guys. And so if you're in a place where you're wanting to develop your work, focus in on your style, um, really just make your work stronger, like wherever you're at, I really hope that you'll join us. It's a five-part workshop series um, that consists of live workshops and also small group meetings, so you can get some one-on-one feedback. And I'm teaching it over the course of 10 weeks, so it's nice and spacious. You'll have plenty of time to implement the lessons and what we learn and see your work change like in real time during the course, um, so you can get feedback along the way and at the end as well. So um, you can get all the details, see the schedule, and exactly what we're going to be learning Um, with the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get into today's discussion. So today we're specifically going to talk about remedies for making your style more focused. And this will be particularly important for you if you're the kind of artist that feels pulled in way too many directions and you feel like you can't pick between way too many different styles. Before we get into that, I kind of want to break down what I see as the three stages of style development. I've talked about this a little bit on my Instagram like a year ago, (laughs) so if you remember that, this will be a recap. Um, And of course, these are not like the end-all be-all, but just like general categories that in working with artists over the years, I see people fall into. Also, disclaimer, it's really likely that these might not have happened in order for you. It's also very common that artists bounce between all three at different times. And the cycle is also never ending. You might find yourself cycling through these three stages many times, um, even as you become more advanced. So it's not just to say stage one is the super beginner, even though it's, it's kind of presented that way. So Stage one is where you might be leaning too hard on external influences. Like maybe you've just learned your materials um, and in order to learn them properly, you're looking outside of yourself to see how other people are using them. You're probably leaning a lot on references and in terms of style, you're just kind of like mimicking what you see. And this is a great way to learn. I mean, it's mainly how I learned. I'm self-taught. Um, I support this as an exploration. Of course, it's problematic if you're like marketing this work as your own, but that's a different topic. But there comes a point 
in this, when you've mastered your materials enough and it's not really satisfying for you to be mimicking other people's work, even if you're like mashing it up in your own way, um, you're ready to start creating from within versus like what you're seeing around you. So then stage two kind of tends to be where your work is original, it's your own, you're not really leaning so much on those external influences, but it's kind of lacking direction and conviction. You might feel like, what is this about? Where is it going? Um, This might be the part where you find yourself working in many different styles, and even though they're all original, they're not copies, you're just not sure like what you're really making work about, where you want to go, and you're not really sure how to create cohesion or have your work talk to each other. I think the common feeling in this stage is like you haven't really found your quote-unquote thing yet. So then in stage three, you might be able to find some cohesion. Again, your work is definitely your own. It's original. Um, But at this point, you might be wanting to bring substance to your work. You might be wondering what your work is about. Like, yes, your style aesthetically is cohesive, but at a certain point, even that might not be as satisfying. You might want something else to be kind of the driving force behind what you're making rather than just aesthetic choices. I think this can also be interpreted as your why or your purpose for making work. And this gets really nuanced. I don't want you to think that I'm saying like, you have to have this huge message behind your work. That's that's not what I mean. A lot of the times the meaning and message can be subtle. Um, It can be nuanced. It can even be heavily aesthetic. But I think the difference is, is once you're, Um, maybe progressed past this stage, it's intentionally just aesthetic. So maybe the key word here is that you're craving some intention behind your work. So as you can see, you can have many of these things happening at once. It's just for explanation's sake to break them down into these categories. Um, But first of all, I want to say in the workshop, we address all three of these things. Um, The being overly influenced, being directionless, and um, feeling like there's intentions and substance behind your work. I actually think these three three things, like remedying them, are very important to cultivating your own style. But in this episode today, I want to kind of speak specifically to those people who are in stage two, that stage where it's like, yeah, your work's original, it's your own, you're not necessarily copying, but like, where the heck are we going with this? I feel so aimless. And I, I just don't know where to focus my attention or energy because like I can do a lot of different things. So I want to start by addressing a question here. And the question is, do we even need to have one style or a direction? I know it's a thing that we want because it looks nice on the Instagram. But beyond that, let's just kind of talk about that for a second. There's a couple of factors here. One is that A period of time of experimentation where you're trying lots of different things is extremely important. And I would never want to cut that um, part of the process short for anyone. So first of all, I think you can kind of discern for yourself, like, am I new? And do I feel that it's expansive for me to try out lots of different things so that I can get to know what I like? And if that's you, I would actually run with that experimentation and variation in style as far as you possibly can until you hit the next point. The next point doesn't necessarily come for everybody because I think there are many artists who work in lots of different styles, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But sometimes what will happen is after that natural period of experimentation that is actually very healthy for your process, 
you might start to feel like you're stalling. Like, like you know there's something next for you. You know there's something deeper. You really are wanting to um, build out something where it evolves like a building block. <laughs> That's a terrible analogy. Evolves like a building block. But basically, it stacks on top of each other like a building block. So meaning you're going in one direction and that direction is evolving versus going in 17 directions and trying to evolve all of those. And if you're at this point where you're starting to feel this desire for more focused work and yet you just can't get out of the like hopping around different styles, um, that's when I think the rest of this episode is like going to be particularly helpful for you, as is the workshop. Um, It's a good indicator that it's time to do some work around focusing. Now, the question around artists who authentically and genuinely need to have a couple different styles. Let's talk about that. Um, I just want to say like, yes, that's a real thing. I know many different artists who have two to three styles that are very important for them to create in all of those. Um, It might not ever change for them. The thing with this, though, is I do think at some point um, for the people I know, and I'm just kind of thinking about myself as well, if you go deep enough into those two to three styles, they're going to connect to each other. They might not look like each other, but on some level, they're informing each other, right? Because they're all coming from you and, and you're the creator behind all of them. So if you're in this spot and you are wanting to find cohesion between your work, a question you might ask yourself is, what's the link between all of these styles? And maybe that's something you can answer for yourself right now, and maybe that will bring you to see that all of these styles are very important for you to work in. Um, if you can't come up with an answer for that, that's okay. You, you might be somebody who actually needs to focus their work down a little bit. Okay, so these are all just little things to keep in mind as we move forward in the conversation. You might be somebody who's experimenting. You might be somebody who's legitimately scattered and needs to focus in a little bit. Or you might be somebody where two to three styles is natural for you, will always work for you, and is necessary for your process. And I think in those last two categories, the questions that we're going to go through are going to be helpful. So whether you need to focus down or even just continue with a couple different styles, um, I think intention and direction are important in either scenario. So let's let's talk about this. So when we talk about having a style, I want to break down what we even think that means. I think a lot of people think it means that all of your work looks good together. And for aesthetic purposes, when we're talking about style, like that is a logical uh, way to look at it. But I think more importantly, with an artist lens, to me, it means that your work fits underneath one umbrella. So when we think about it that way, we can see why a person with two to three styles, it might be necessary. Like they might need two to three styles to express the umbrella. So when we're talking about focusing in our work and picking a style, I actually think a way that we can think about this is identifying or cultivating what we would like that umbrella to be. So just to use my own work as an example, um, I make mixed media paintings. I make murals, and I am just now starting to dabble in sculpture, which is a whole conversation in and of itself. I am becoming very humbled in that process. Um, And I have made a lot of different work over the years. My style, quote unquote, has shifted a lot. But I think what unifies my work over the past two to three years versus work I was making before that is this umbrella. 
And I have tried very hard to define that umbrella for myself. Of course, it's always shifting and changing, and that's the elusive nature of being an artist. But there are some things that I can pinpoint, right? A connection to childhood, um, rainbowy pastel, neon pink and purple colors. There's a whimsical nature, there's an ethereal nature, and it definitely fits into a category of an imagined surreal world. I think that's probably the biggest part. So even if I change my colors, I change my medium, I'm probably always, for now, going to be working in this realm of like imaginary, surreal, dreamy. Now I can go a lot of different places with that. Um, My last series was like about being claustrophobic inside of a room that's in a surreal, dreamy place. Previous to that, it was like more landscapey. Um, who knows what's coming next? But you can see how like that's a super broad umbrella. So the question is, how do you cultivate and find your own? I have a couple suggestions and things that you might try. So the first thing is, I think there needs to be a balance between making a lot of work and seeing what emerges and rises to the top and introspection and exploration. I don't think that we can really do one without the other. In my experience, it's a little bit too oversimplified to say, like, just keep your head down and make the work. Because I imagine if you're listening to this episode, there's probably a lot of you who have been trying to do that and are kind of like hitting a wall with your results and your inability to cultivate a voice or um, like narrow in on your direction. At the same time, if we just sit around all day and think about like, what might we like to make work about? Um, We're not really having the full picture of information because we have to be engaged with the process in order to really be coming up with answers. I'm guessing that if you're somebody who resonates with the issue of being scattered and directionless, um, you know how to make work and you probably know how to try new things, right? That might be a little bit of why you're in the predicament you're in in the first place. So for this kind of artist, I think it's more about identifying within all of the things that you've made, what's really most important for you and what's most interesting to you. I think it's really helpful to notice what's the most natural for you, what you've enjoyed the most when you think about all of the work that you've made, and of all of the work that you've made, what feels the most meaningful? So if you've enjoyed it all and all that has felt pretty natural, what do you feel like a deeper connection to? And maybe that answer is nothing. Like maybe you haven't found the thing that you feel a deep connection to. That's okay. I think even just by starting to look for the answer to this question, you're going to start to notice here and there um, what holds more of a grab. Another way to think of this is what's been true for you for a long time. I remember when I was trying on a lot of different styles, I was really doing it in this way of like, aesthetically, I like this. So like, there's a piece of me that feels like I resonate with like a modern minimalism. There's a piece of me that resonates with surrealism and just trying to bounce around and find like my aesthetic, right? But then when I really started to ask myself, like, who have I been for most of my life? What has been important to me for the longest period of time that I can remember? Like, what has always been true? And when I just kind of started to turn inward in that way, a different kind of answer started to emerge. And it was less about what my work looked like and more what I was interested in exploring. 
And those explorations can take on all kinds of different aesthetics, right? There's different approaches to that. But I was starting to narrow in on my personal umbrella. And I think when we let that be the driving force, there becomes this like natural falling away of like maybe marks, colors, ways of working that don't really fall in line with that. And then you're also gonna discover lots of new things that do fall in line with that. So it's like if we can identify a core thing, it doesn't have to be the core thing because that would be way too much pressure and it's going to change over time, but just one core thing that feels true for you and try to um, pick topics, pick color palettes, pick um, genres, that feel in line with that, I think that's a really good starting point if you're feeling scattered. If you are struggling with a commitment issue, so to speak, in the style department, you might have some things going on having to do with other people's opinions, marketability, what you think you should be making, or just a struggle to own the thing that you genuinely do like. It's one thing to be in an exploration phase. It's one thing to have lack of clarity. But when I see somebody who's been frustratingly in this spot for a really long time, that that seems to be like the last thing um, kind of lurking about. So if you resonate with that, I would advise like really filling yourself up with yourself. (laughs) As weird as that sounds. Um, The more that you can be connected to your own interests, preferences, um, likes, dislikes, what's been true for you forever, your own personal struggles, which is also a great fuel for your work, the more you can fill up with that and less with concerns about, well, what are you going to do with this work in the long run and who's going to buy it and is it going to look good on the gram and would your art school teacher approve of it and like is it highbrow enough is it lowbrow enough like the more you can tune that stuff out and i know that's easier said than done which is why i'm saying i think the remedy is just shifting your attention to yourself and your truth i think if you can just get in the practice of doing that um over the long haul you'll be better served And to be totally honest, it takes bravery, right? It takes bravery to be like, well, I like this and I'm interested in this, even if I think everybody else is going to think it's incredibly juvenile. I mean, dude, look who you're talking to. Have you seen my stuff? It's like, it's like for an eight-year-old who likes Lisa Frank. (laughs) It's not, it's, it's not an easy choice to put that out. I assure you, if it looks like it's easy, it's, I've, I have struggled with that. So just like full transparency there. But ironically, I think it's those brave choices um, that other people resonate with when they see my work, hopefully. I know I resonate with that when I see it in other people's work. I can identify like, oh, they've picked on something true here, even if it's not like the coolest. It's cool because they did it, right? So fill yourself up with yourself. Beyond that, if you are in the habit of working in many different styles, you might just need a little bit of practice being focused. And so I would challenge you, once you've done a little bit of reflecting based on the questions I've presented here, um, trying to find just like one core thing that feels really true, um, or maybe it's not something super 
like quote unquote meaningful, maybe what feels true for you is that you've always loved the color purple. That was something that came up for me when I did these reflections um, like over the years. And so you might even limit yourself to a color palette or a style or subject. Um, however you want to select your umbrella, I would pick one thing and just create a sketchbook practice around it. We're not saying that you have to create in this style forever. We're not saying this is your thing or your style, but more just creating a habit around um, like intention with your work. So just try it on just to see how it feels. How does it feel to pick one thing and create work around it for, let's say, 30 days? You take weekends off um, or 10 minutes a day or even just five days this week, right? It might feel a little restrictive, especially if you pick something particularly tight, but it will build the trust within yourself that you can do it. It also allows you to shift your attention from um, expansion and exploration, which I think is what's happening when we're trying on lots of different styles, to depth. So when we pick one thing, we have the opportunity to go really deep with that. We have an opportunity to research and come up with a bunch of different ways to explore it. And that can be so rewarding. Um, But it is a shift if we're used to focusing on variety. Okay, so all that being said, this is kind of where I go back to what I started with saying, which is that um, focusing in your style is a balance between intention and intellectualization and reflection and actually making the work. So once you go through these questions and these thoughts and your sketchbook practice, then you go back to your work, right? What's changed? What are you noticing? You have to go back to that grueling process of trying things on, failing, trying the new material. I hate it. I'm a beginner, whatever. Um, And as you engage with that, then see what emerges. And then from what emerges, you have new information to then go reflect on, think about, okay, what did I like about that? Do I feel like it fit with this umbrella? Do I need to do some more question asking about a different umbrella? Is there a different kind of core truth of mine that I think might be a little more powerful? And I know this isn't the quick answer to finding your style out of the many styles that you might be working in, but this is like the truth of the process. Like we all have to do the grappling. We all have to do that hard part of seeking and digging and discovering. So some final concluding words that I want to add is for any artist that you see where it looks like they have their one very cohesive style, I promise you there was a time when they did not. I promise you they did tons of exploration in order to get where they were. If they're ever so generous as to share with you a photo of their work from 10 years ago, it's probably unrecognizable to what you see now. I know that's hard to conceptualize when you're not really seeing the evidence because it just really looks like everybody has this polished finished product. Um, But for any polished finished product that you see, A, they're probably still struggling and figuring it out and it's all relative. (laughs) And B, I assure you they did tons of digging to get there. So if you're feeling aimless and directionless in your work, I hope this helps just the tiniest bit. Um, I would love to hear where you guys are at with this. Like I said, this topic in particular is really important to me, and it's always helpful for me to hear if this lands with you, if you have a different struggle related to finding your style, send me an email. I would love to hear. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you're wanting to really go through an actual process over a period of time, 
to cultivating your own unique style, that's why I created the workshop series. Um, There's actual work to be done that I can't just like tell you over the air. It actually has to be done in real time. Um, And what really also helps is getting the eyes on your work, the feedback, and engaging in discussion. Um, I assure you, there is no pretentious vibes in my world. Everyone is welcome. If you're not comfortable talking about your work, you don't have to. Um, but it usually ends up being everybody's favorite part and is actually what ends up building confidence in the end. So uh, all the information for that is in the link in the show notes. Other than that, if you're not already following us on Instagram, what are you doing? Why aren't you following us? (laughs) We are at Art and Magic Podcast. Please head over there. Um, my Instagram is at Devin Walls Art if you would like to see what I'm up to. And if you would like to see the show grow um, or you just want to support us, sharing on Instagram and leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts is so extremely appreciated and helpful. So that brings us to the end of today's episode. Stay tuned for next week where we will continue the conversation around this topic. And until then, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.